I started with little things and then it just grew bigger and bigger. I think I think a lot of people are like that. You do something small and then your goals are getting bigger and you want to achieve more and just to challenge yourself. All right, welcome to another edition of Transformations Through Running. Thanks so much for being here with us and tuning in to check out what we have going on today. Today, I'm bringing on another wonderful guest. This is Leonie Kelly, and she's a, a long-distance runner. She's a triathlete. She does marathons, half marathons. She's training for an Ironman. She's also a doctor. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's got all kinds of things going on. She's super busy, and she still finds time for all this training. She's going to talk about nutrition, talking about some of the struggles on the course. But I actually absolutely love this interview, and I love interviewing people that come on that aren't used to being interviewed because they're so they're so different to interview. They're sometimes they're more enthusiastic. I think the nervousness nervousness gives them a little bit of an edge. So Leonie's open and honest. She shares everything it takes to train and to be a parent and a full-time career woman and put it all together find time and balance everything there has to do with all the training and nutrition and lifestyle it takes to live this way this is drew and you're listening to transformations through run welcome to the show leone thank you drew for inviting me it's my pleasure. Now, you have so many things going on. I'm not quite sure where to start, but I would like to give you a chance to resonate with our audience a bit and, and for you to let them know where you're coming from. So could you take a couple minutes to explain who you are and what you do? Drew, we've been living in Canada since 2000. So I've been um, in Canada for 18 years. We immigrated from South Africa. The um, the first plan was just to come here for one year to pay off some student loans. And uh, it's 18 years later and we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more about yourself and, and what you do. I know you're a, you're a triathlete, you're a doctor. Tell me more. I've never really considered myself as being an athlete. Growing up and in high school, I really focused on studying. I had my mindset on I'm becoming a physician, I think, when I was around 15. So I worked really hard achieving that goals, um, and I did. So, But growing up um, in high school and first part of university, I was actually quite overweight. And when I um, met my husband, um, I started losing weight and started exercising a little bit. And running a little bit. I think my longest run when I met my husband was about five kilometers. And that was a huge achievement for me. I could never imagine people running 10 kilometers or 21 or (laughs) even a marathon. And here I am doing it now. (laughs) So, yeah. And at that point, I think I lost about 50 pounds. So, for me, exercise became a way of staying healthy, maintaining a healthy goal. So, tell me now, you went from five kilometers. So you started at 5K or that was a bigger run for you? Was that your first no. run maybe? No. No, you start with running around the block once and then you <laughs> run around the block twice and then eventually you, you do it, right? And now how, how far are you running? Um, I've done two marathons, so which is 42.2 kilometers. And I'm training for an Ironman now, which is a huge distance. Yeah. 
And so how did you transition when you, after you got from 5k and you're like, wow, this is, was it fun or did you really enjoy it? Or did, was it a natural progression for you to be like, oh, now I'm running marathons? <laughs> it was a, I think it's a natural progression. If you, if you do it the right way, if you enjoy what you're doing, you start to like running and you start to love it. So I, I ran a little bit um, before we got married and then we got married and I started working full time and got children. And then that was the end of my running. And then when we moved to Canada, we lived in northern Manitoba, about a thousand kilometers north of Winnipeg. And then I started running again in my late 20s. You moved to Manitoba. So it's. I heard it's even colder <laughs> in Manitoba yeah. than Alberta. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's cold there, like minus 30, minus 40 in the winter. That's your normal temperature. Yeah. So is it challenging to find time or not? Sorry. Oh, I do want to talk about time, but is it challenging with the weather to be able to train outside in such cold weather? The coldest that I've ran in was a wind chill of minus 29. That was cold. Oh my gosh. But in old, I ran outside the most most part of the year. Um, it's, you know, you can dress, you can dress warm. My biggest challenge usually with running outside is if I do long runs for two, two and a half hours, that my water bottles will freeze. <laughs> and I have to go home about 40 minutes into the run and just get fresh water bottles and then I can go outside again. To the, I would say to the average person like myself, that's not a runner. I would say that's a bit crazy to be running in weather that's so cold that your water bottles freeze. Is yeah. That, how is that for you? Is that just normal life for you? Is that like, that's eh, not crazy? <laughs> I guess you get used to it. If you've got a goal that you're working for, you just have to do what you have to do. And you work around all these minor obstacles. <laughs> <laughs> and it beats, for me, it beats running on a treadmill. It beats running around the track. I love being outside. It's really important for me to be outside. I love being outside in the winter as well. So tell me about the move from South Africa here briefly. It was, I mean, the weather is much different. The environment's much different, but you chose to stay in Canada and, and work on your practice, also train and live with your family. Yeah. Why did you decide to do that? As I said, at the time, I had a huge study loan. It would have taken me about six years to pay off my study loan with the income I had in South Africa. And um, when we moved, year we were provided with free housing and we had a vehicle that we could use and we didn't have much expenses so i had, and the exchange rate was quite good at the time so i paid off my study loan within four months wow. and then um we stayed for one year and decided let's save a little bit more money and stay for another year and then now, we grew up in South Africa and we didn't realize how unsafe it was there until you get out of the country and you realize there is actually other places in the world where it's more safe. And we kind of made the choice to stay here for safety for our family. So for someone like I've never been to South Africa, you only hear stories. Why would you say it's or how do you feel that it's unsafe? Is it just dangerous to go around the streets or walk around the country? I mean, it's like any country in the world. In Canada, these cities where it's really unsafe, if you walk downtown somewhere. Um, same in South Africa, there is cities where it's unsafe. Um, my parents live and my family live in small communities, so there it's still still pretty safe. As I said, I've, I've been in South Africa now for a month um, over the most part of August, and I actually felt really safe. I know where to go to, I know where to stay, but crime... Crime is a huge thing there, and 
Unfortunately, there's a lot of violent crime. In Canada, there will be break and entry and they will come and steal something when you're not at home. But in South Africa, if they break and enter, they will break and enter at any time of the day. They would usually come in with guns and um, if they have to kill you, they will kill you without thinking twice. So, yeah, you feel unsafe. Okay, so I'm interested to hear about time. So this is something we hear as a professional in the health and wellness industry. A lot of time people people say i don't have time now you're a um you're a doctor <laughs> super <Yeah>. busy <laughs> on its own and then you're a wife and you're a mother and then you train for these crazy long runs what is it what does time like work for you and how what do you think when someone says oh i don't have time for that drew i always i say um exercise for me is life insurance um i think it's the cheapest life insurance you can buy for yourself and so for me, I make it a priority to exercise and it has become a priority for me to exercise over the years. I do typically in the winter times when I, in the down season, I will train one hour a day. And that would usually be after work. On the days I don't work, I train through the day when the children is at school. Yeah, so in in the off season, in the winter times, it's an hour a day. So I train six six days a week. I always have one rest day. So in my triathlon training, that would be swimming twice a week, running twice a week, and biking twice a week. At the moment, I'm training for an Ironman. So now the distances are getting bigger. And so last week, I did a 17-hour week. So that was many hours of training. As I said, I do my most of my training when the children are at school. And then on weekends, I will do a lot of hours on the bike and running. Are, are you able to book your own hours, or do you have to be at the... Uh... A clinic? Are you at the clinic or hospital? Yeah, so I work at both places. So I'm thankful that, yes, I can book my own hours. So at the moment that I'm training for the Ironman, I, I cannot work the hours that I usually work. So I'm really thankful. My hours that I work at the um, hospital, the emergency work that I'm doing there, um, some of my colleagues were willing to pick up my shifts there. So for the next six weeks, I'm not doing any work in the hospital, <laughs> except for doing rounds in the mornings to see my patients. So, so that I have time to train. Um, you have to. It's um, impossible for me at this time to work um, the normal hours I do and to train at the same time. And what do your kids think about? Well, can you tell us? I think you have, tell us how many kids you have, and I want to know what they think about your your training. I have three children. My oldest is 19. My um, daughter is 16, grade 11, and then our baby is 10. He's in grade 5. Yeah, they always see mom training. Um, in the beginning, they were quite excited coming to all my races, but after a while, it's not that exciting anymore. So they don't <laughs> come to my races anymore because it's a long day on the road just waiting to see mom. Um and actually, they're very supportive. My family is very supportive of me, and they understand what it's all about. And for me, for the children, and for everyone around me, it's leading by example. Um, it's really important to set an example of healthy living for your, your children. So that that's important to you, for you to set a good example for your kids and to show them a positive role model that's active. So hopefully Absolutely. they follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when you set goals, uh, goal setting is something that we often talk about. Is that something that you, when you set out, you say, this is a goal that I want to achieve? Or, or through running, is it natural that you're like, well, I run, I've run a half marathon. Now I want to try a uh, triathlon, for example. 
Yes, I think that's the way it worked for me. Um, I started with little things, um, and then it just grew bigger and bigger. I think I think a lot of people are like that. You do something small, and then your goals are getting bigger, and you want to achieve more. Um, just to challenge yourself. So, yeah, that's the way it progressed for me. It went from a 10K run to a half marathon to a full marathon. And the same with the, tri- with the triathlons. You get different distances, triathlons, um, the same as running. You get a sprint distance, Olympic distance, a half Ironman and a full Ironman. And uh, I started with the small distances and it just naturally progressed for me. And is there any goal that you have for yourself? I'm not sure what the next level would be. Like, is, can you be a professional uh, can you get paid or sponsors? Is there something that you're looking to achieve or, or you just like to run? So at the moment, I'm I'm getting too old to become a professional. <laughs> <laughs> so the professional triathletes, they're all in their 20s and 30s um, and they do it for the money. Like we, we call ourselves age group triathletes. So we compete in age groups. So in five-year categories. Um, so for us, yes, there is a possibility to get sponsors, um, sponsors for your nutrition, sponsors for your clothing, sponsors. Yeah, there's a few things that you can apply for. So I, I don't have any sponsors, but hopefully this year I will apply for a few sponsors. And and yet still, you won't get things for free. You just get things at a very discounted rate. So that's something that you would be looking to do, like that would help out or that would be something that... yeah. That would, yeah, so yeah, that would maybe give my nutrition at half the price for me. So it's not like the professionals where you get things for free. I, I still have to pay. It's an expensive sport. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard that. Like, I've heard that. And it's kind of, it's a bit surprising because if you look at hockey, for example, you have all your equipment. Like, hockey is a big th- deal in Canada. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or whatever different sports. But for the running, it doesn't seem like it's expensive. But I hear that all the time. Could you tell us what expenses all accumulate throughout your travels or throughout your different runs? Yeah. So, um, as I say, mainly I focus on triathlons. So, running is something that I usually will do in the in the fall and in the springtime when I can't bike outside. So, I think just to enter. I'm doing an Ironman race now, a full Ironman race. I've never done one. It's the first time I'm doing it. So the entry fee for that, I think, was about $900 just to enter that race. And then I'm going to do the race in Arizona. So I have to travel down. It's the flight tickets to Arizona. It's the accommodation for the week that I'm going to go down. And then I go through a ton of equipment. Running shoes, I change my running shoes every six months. And in those six months, I put on about 900 to 1,000 kilometers on my shoes every six months. Biking, I ride a good bike, um, a triathlon bike. Um, That's expensive, thousands of dollars. That, and then you need to change your diet regularly. And yeah, it's expensive. Um, And then nutrition, I buy good tested electrolytes that has been proven not to have any additives and any enhancers in it. So that that's expensive as well. That's about, I don't know, a bottle is about $60. Yeah. And it all adds up. It all adds up. Yeah, it's an expensive sport. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I heard, tell me a story. You mentioned your shoes there. Now, <laughs> I heard a story <laughs> about you running without socks. <laughs> yes. Can you share that with us? 
So I did the Calgary in the end of July in this year. I did a Calgary, a Calgary 70.3 Ironman. So that's a half iron race. So in that race, you do a two kilometer swim, a 90 kilometer bike ride, and then you run 21 kilometers. So last year I did exactly the same race and I did really well. I came second in my age. And so this year I thought um, I want to do well again and maybe if I can do better. So I thought, okay, by not putting on socks, it will save me about 30, maybe one minute, 30 seconds to one minute. So I chose not to put on socks for the run. Um, Yes, (laughs) that costed me about five minutes, about 12 kilometers into the run. I... uh, I had severe sore feet. I thought I had a rock into my I had a rock in my shoe and I stopped and I looked and I saw, Oh my goodness, this is a huge blister. And yeah, it was really painful. I had to walk at times to uh, to finish. But I finished and I finally finished fourth in my age category. So yeah, that was an expensive lesson to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So always wear socks Always wear socks. Yeah. Is your time like you run quite fast and now well, can you tell me what you run like what your average pace would be my personal best for a 10 kilometer race was 45 minutes and i did that last year when i was 45 and my personal best for a half marathon was um, one hour 40 minutes and i also did that last year and my personal best for a marathon was three hours and I think 45 minutes. So how does that feel? Does that feel like it, like it's kind of, it seems a bit crazy to me. Like I don't think the, like a regular person would, would run close to that. And then you run that after you bike and swim. Is that right? Like you, the yes. running's at the no, end. You know, right? the times I just gave you were standalone times. Right. So after my, my personal best, Getting off the bicycle after a 40 kilometer bike ride, my best 10k time was 48 minutes, I think. So it's a little bit slower. And then my best time in a, after a 90 kilometer bike ride was, I think, one hour 49 minutes for a half marathon. So when you're, what are you thinking about when you're running such long distances or swimming or biking? Like, is there something that goes through your mind? I, I was actually, I was reading this book and this guy was talking about how he was doing, raising some money, biking across the country. And he oh. was saying like, the only thing that he could think about was that he's going to be in his bed soon. <laughs> like, I was well, sleeping in my bed soon. And he um, said, is there anything that I haven't had those thoughts yet? Maybe when I go, when I'm going to do the Ironman in, in November, maybe I'll have those thoughts. But um, for the swim, like I only started learning to swim when I was 40. So I literally couldn't swim one length of the pool. So I, I learned to swim. So for the swimming, always I just tell myself I need to survive this and in my mind if I survive the swim the race is done Um, because swimming is still for me the hardest and the most challenging thing although it's getting much better I've worked really hard on my swim and it's getting much better and in the beginning of the race you're always so nervous you just want to get through that swim and then on the bike um, the bike is my comfortable place I love biking I that's where I feel happy and that's where I feel comfortable so um, I have a lot of goals that I have to work on on the bike. So the first thing is I ride with a power meter. So that shows me the power that I put out. And on the triathlon, you really want to keep your power even throughout the race. So when you go up a hill, you don't want to bike too hard. Um, otherwise, you burn your legs and you can't run well. 
So it's about even pacing on the bike, um, also nutrition. On the bike, that's the place where you have to try and get the most um, nutrition in, um, drinking your electrolytes and your carbohydrates, eating um, what you have to eat. Um, so I pay attention to those things, yeah. Do you know how many calories you would burn in, in a triathlon? So my aim for an hour on the bicycle is about 300 calories an hour on the bicycle. Because on the bicycle, you uh, have to fuel for the run. Once you run, and most people are like that, you cannot um, get enough calories in because you're running at a higher heart rate and you can't eat and drink as much calories as when you bike. So the bike is the place to, to fuel yourself for the, for the run. Do you, do you, what's your resting heart rate? High 40s. And what's the average 65, 70? Yeah, we usually say about 70, 72, yeah. And do you <laughs> feel like, do you, I don't know if you're able to ask, answer this question. Sometimes people have different types of tests or more, they have more, uh, how can I say, more detailed types of testing in their body, like more scientific for maybe for more professional athletes. Do you, or are you able to do any more specific testing on your own body because of your profession? No, I've never done that. <laughs> I should, but I've never done that. So there's actually some labs in Calgary that you can go to or in the big cities where you can do your VO2 max testing or you can go and do your sweat testing um, to see how much you sweat and to see how much sodium you lose in an hour. Um, I've never done that. I've always wanted to do that, but I've never had the time to do that. And what is there anything else that you, there's nothing that you could do? <laughs> there's nothing that you could do on yourself. No, <laughs> no. Are you, I mean, are you talking about using enhancers and using medications to? to no, I don't no. mean like cheat. I just mean like no. some, sometimes I'll read some books about. I'd like to experiment on my own body in different ways. Nothing medically no. or, or chemically, but nothing. <laughs> no, I do. I do what you do. I, I put on my shoes and I go for a run, and okay. I come back and I make sure that I eat healthy and yeah, I replace my electrolytes and yeah. No, I don't do anything funny. Nothing. <laughs> I just feel. I don't mean like cheating or doing. I just mean yeah. like if I was in an, in a hospital and I had the ability, I might want to like test like how like you know maybe you could test the oxygen in your blood for example or something off the um, wall. Like that. Yeah, so as I say, these places you can do that. Like you want to do those tests when you exercise. So you want to see, um, and then you physically have to run on a treadmill, you have to sit on a bicycle, and then they connect you to machines. And then you can see what your lactate threshold is. You can see um, do you burn fat versus carbohydrates? Um, you know, those kind of things. And there's literally labs in Calgary that you can go to to do those tests. And, yeah, we don't have that available in Olsen. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone that you aspire to as a runner or is anyone that you watch or, or that motivates you to be a better runner, biker, triathlete in general? I think my coach. Um, my coach is Sharon. Sharon Stiles. She's out of Karstair. She's been a... Uh, a world champion in her age category once and she's come um, second twice um, she's an extremely good athlete she's a very well balanced um, career woman a, 
a mom. So a lot of stuff that I've done, I look at her and and often in the run, in the last last push, I tell myself I want to become Sharon. <laughs> I need to run like Sharon. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the last thing, I just want to ask you about uh, nutrition before we wrap things up here. You mentioned how you nutritionize when you're or like on your bike, for example. But how about eating? Like I guess like we talked earlier, a busy mom, uh, a career. You're you're a doctor, which takes up how many how many hours do you work as a doctor? Do you mind me asking? Um, I work on average three to four days a week. Is that different or no? I mean, I don't know much about the profession other than what you guys do in, in general, but you see these TV shows where they work 15 hours a day and sleep for two hours a night. <laughs> Is that a reality? No, um, no not for me. Um, as I said, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I can set my hours. So I usually try to be done with my work by the when the children are out of school so so that I can be at home and drive my children around for their after-school activities. Um, the emergency shifts are different um, because we do day shifts and night shifts, so I don't have a lot of... I, I have to do what I have to do. I have to be there, but I'm thankful I can set my hours, yeah. And then I wanted to ask you about nutrition for when you're not like when you're not on the course how is that something important to you like are you always on a are you on a strict diet regiment or is it uh you kind of do whatever you do um drew i really um we really try and eat fresh fruits fresh vegetables lean meats yeah and try and stay away from processed foods i have a rule in the house that we will eat fast foods but only once a week so my children are not completely deprived of fast foods and then they can choose whatever they want they can eat all the fries all the coke they want <laughs> um, but that's usually what we try to do but as my children grow older they make healthy choices um, they will go for the the salads and the you know, the kind of freshy foods and those kind of foods yeah and then yeah definitely yeah I try and cook all my meals at home I will make double batches of food so that we have leftovers for tomorrow and yeah wonderful all right leonie that's going to wrap things up for this episode um, i just want to thank you for coming on and sharing your time with us and expertise i really appreciate you you coming on and, and being here with us thank you too for having me That's going to wrap things up for this edition of Transformations Through Running. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our community we're building here online. I hope you enjoyed that absolutely amazing interview. It just goes back to the time, our priorities and the things that we want to do in life. Leonie, as we know, she was a she's a doctor. She's a full-time mother. She's a wife. She has all these things going on, but she still has finds time or makes time for these long training sessions and to work towards her goals sustainably and live this lifestyle. I love how she said that training is her life insurance because it really is. And we all, I'm sure most of us has heard, have heard you either have time for exercise or you make time to sit in lines while you're getting medication. So there's a lot of things that we can do to prevent things in our lives, especially when it comes to our health, putting our health first, putting ourselves to the top of the list instead of at the bottom bottom of the list so i hope you 
got a lot of takeaways from Leonie and understand that there's always thing, there's always time. I liked how she said that she taught herself or she learned how to swim when she was 40. So she said she just never learned that before and she wanted to. So she set that goal for herself. And then she said that her 50th birthday is coming up in a, a number of years here. And she had, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do for that. So that's something that she's thinking about doing. She's thinking about doing something different for that as well. But I'm going to leave you with that. Again, thank you for tuning in. All past shows are going up on trueformlife.com. This is our main website. We have our products up there. We have our nutrition programs, our fitness programs. If you need any help at all, please shoot us a message. You can find us on facebook.com slash trueformlife. This is our main page where we're posting about lifestyle, nutrition, fitness, trying to keep you on track. We're also on instagram.com slash drewtadia. If you're listening to the show, we'd love it if you tag us in your story so we know that we're helping influence you positively, whether you're running or whether you're a listener, maybe planning to run, or maybe you just like these, enjoy these extraordinary stories, I like to call them. You can also check out our other podcast and nationally syndicated radio show called Exploring Mind and Body. That's exploringmindandbody.com. I interview the top, the world's top leading experts in holistic health in, in a number of different ways. We've been doing that for almost 10 years, have almost 500 shows. So if there's something holistic you want to hear or you want to listen, there's a very good chance we've already talked about it and on exploringmindandbody.com. In both cases, we're on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, a number of other platforms. And if you have any guest ideas or if you have any guest suggestions, please shoot us a message. We're always interested in bringing on guests for those that are interested in hearing specific runners, for example. Once again, thank you so much for being here, and we hope to catch you on the next show.